Our first reading is taken from James chapter 5, verses 13 to 18. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that they may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. The second reading from Luke chapter 4, verses 14 to 21. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of the Lord. Right. Causing chaos again. Right. Shall we pray together? Heavenly Father, would you open our hearts this morning? Would you unstop our ears? Would you prepare us to hear your word? Would you give us courage to respond? Would you fill us with your spirit that we might go out from here equipped, emboldened, 
and ready to serve you. Amen. So as Paul said earlier on, we're carrying on this theme of the sermon series being about the person of the Holy Spirit, who he is and what he does and how he gifts and equips each one of us here for ministry out there. Uh, Last week Paul was talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit and in that he was talking about uh, healing and miraculous signs. And so today I'm going to be talking to us about the gift of healing. But let me start off by asking you a question. Are you a bucket or a drain pipe? Are you a bucket or a drain pipe? We're going to come back to that a little bit later on, but I want you to be thinking and pondering that uh, as we look at these scriptures together. Are you a bucket or are you a drain pipe? So in that wonderful gospel uh, reading we heard from Luke, it's kind of like Jesus' manifesto. It's the reason he came to earth, uh, to usher in the kingdom of God, the kingly rule and reign of God, as it is meant to perfectly be, like it is in heaven at the moment. We get that picture, don't we, at the beginning of Genesis 1 and 2, where God created a perfect world, uh, and Adam and Eve lived in this garden where God's kingly rule and reign was perfectly exercised, and uh, it was wonderful and beautiful, and human beings lived close to each other uh, and close to God. But we know that all of that broke and fell apart, and we're living in this time where we're waiting for God's kingly rule and reign to be perfected as we see in Revelation 21, a place where there is no more suffering, no more death, no more pain, no more crying. A a perfect kingdom where human beings live uh, in peace and love with one another and in peace and love with our Heavenly Father. And we're in that middle bit in between where God's kingdom is coming and breaking in, but it's not yet here perfectly. And what we see in Luke 4 is Jesus telling the synagogue and his disciples that were there, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That's a picture of the kingdom of God, God's perfectly perfect kingly rule and reign breaking into our broken world where we see pain and hurt and suffering and death and decay and dying all around us. And yet Jesus' kingdom is coming to break in to show us what God's perfect rule and reign looks like. And the purpose of Jesus' ministry was to bring the kingdom of God in more of its fullness And the New Testament makes it clear again and again and again that healing is a sign to the world that the kingdom of God is invading the domain of Satan's rule here on earth. It's why we see Jesus perfecting, uh, why we see Jesus performing so many miracles, healing the blind, uh, raising uh, the dead, healing the the paralytic and, and the deaf because it's a signpost that points to the person of God, that he is king and it reveals something about his character. 
And so healings are always pointing us to the person and work of who God is. Because it's about him being king here on earth now. You see, sickness and illness are not part of God's intended plan. We see that in Genesis 1 and 2. There's no death, suffering or dying in Genesis 1 or 2 because that's not what God wills for his people. It's not part of his perfect plan. And yet all of us can testify to suffering and pain and death in our own experience or that of our close family or people we know. You may all remember that when I shared my testimony in in the first few weeks of being here, that when my best friend's dad was diagnosed with cancer, I knew about this healing stuff. I'd read it and heard about it in the Gospels. And so I thought I'll pray an unselfish prayer, perhaps one of the first few unselfish prayers I'd ever prayed as a young person. God, would you heal this man? But it didn't happen. But more about that a bit later on. Pain and suffering and death, and sickness, and illness, are not part of what God wills for his people. It's not the way that he wants us to live. And what we see here in Luke 4, as Jesus stands up and begins his ministry, he's declaring that God is in the business of restoring and reconciling that which is broken, that which is lost, that which is dead, that which is decaying. So Luke 4, just to give you some context, you need to remember that what happened immediately before Jesus standing up in the temple is that he's been out in the wilderness battling temptation from the devil. And the devil's trying to draw him away from his plan and from what God had intended and wanted him to come to earth for. But Jesus battles the devil and what we read is that after that battle out in the wilderness, he he came out of the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. It's almost as if Jesus had battled with the devil and now God placed and filled and indwelt his spirit within Jesus in order that he would now be able to go out and carry out the mission and plan that God had given to him, that we see encapsulated in those first few verses in Luke's Gospel. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit in order to be able to proclaim good news, to set the, the, the prisoners free, to proclaim, uh, to give sight and to heal and to release the prisoners. Jesus needed that indwelling spirit in order to go out and carry out the ministry, the bringing of the kingdom of God that God had set for him. And what we see is that God is in the business of re- restoring and reconciling that which is broken, physical, emotional, mental, psychological, spiritual. God is in the business of reconciling brokenness and bringing about his kingly rule and reign. Healing is meant to bear witness to the proclaimed gospel. They go together. One is a sign of the other. Uh, A sign of the miraculous and the healing is a sign of who God is and what he is at work doing in and through us. It's a visible manifestation that the kingdom of God is taking ground from the kingdom and from the kingly rule of, of uh, Satan in the world. 
But Jesus also makes it really clear in the Gospel of John that he only ever does what he sees the Father doing and only ever speaks what he hears the Father saying. He's so in tune with the Father. He's got such an intimate and close relationship that when he sees someone in pain and suffering, he's able to go and heal that person. Jesus constantly operated in the power of the Spirit because of that intimate relationship that he had with the Father, always knowing what the Father was wanting to do in a person's life. And so he simply followed in with what God was wanting to do. Now there are two things I also want to point out to you at other points in the Gospel. When Jesus sends out the twelve disciples in Matthew 10, these are his words. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And then again in Luke 10, he says in his instructions to the 70 that get sent out, he says, heal the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Healing is a sign of God's kingly rule and reign. But did you notice that his instructions to the 12 and the 70 were not, go and pray with those who are sick. Instead, he says, heal the sick. And to the 70, heal the sick who are there. It's an instruction to take authority over illness and sickness that you see in the world and say that it has no place here because God's kingly rule and reign is coming. And that is not part of the way that God created the world and what he wills for his people. Jesus authorises them to heal the sick. The power is in the proclamation. Tell them what God is like. This takes boldness. So I've got news for all of you. As Jesus' children here today, as his followers here today, you need to remember and have the words of Matthew 28 ringing in your ears, loud and clear. It says in Matthew 28, Then Jesus came to them, his disciples, and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the end of the age. As his disciples and followers today, we have the same authority that he gave to his disciples. We have access to the same power that raised Christ from the dead today, now, here in Down End. It's not our power and it's not our authority. It comes from our Heavenly Father. But as children of God and as co-heirs with Christ, 
we have the same inheritance and therefore access to the same power that Christ had when he was here on earth and that raised him from the dead now indwells you and I, every single one of us. And he gives gifts, the gift of healing, the gift of the miraculous to his people. Why? To bring the kingdom of God, to point to the character and nature of who God is so people will turn to him when they see the miraculous and the healing taking place in front of them here and now. It reveals something about who God is, his heart and his love for his people. We have the same inheritance and access to the same Holy Spirit, the same power now. It's not about who we are, it's about who God is, and the power that he gives to his followers, his children today. It's not because we're special, or we deserve it, or we've done something, or that we're good enough. It's because God is at work bringing about his kingly rule and reign through us. Those that are his disciples and followers today, seeking to see his kingdom come in all of its fullness. He's establishing his rule and his authority with his power over sin and sickness and death. And that is a physical demonstration to the world out here about who God is and his power and his authority and his rule and his reign. God is always about his family business, the business of reconciliation and restoration. He's restoring all things to the way that they were intended to be. You, me, uh, our relationships with each other, our relationship with God, our relationship with creation, and the created order. God is king and he's choosing to work through us to bring about his kingly rule and reign now, today. And healing is just simply a sign of God's kingship. So I want to say to us, let's not complicate the matter. Let's take Jesus at his word. Interesting, isn't it, to note that throughout the Gospel and Acts, Jesus never once instructs his disciples to pray for the sick, but rather authorises them to heal the sick. We're authorised to cast out demons and to heal sinners who are sick. Those are signs of the, key, the coming kingdom. So what about this gift of healing? Well, I'd say... There are just five steps that keep it really... And the first is this. Keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Declare God's power and authority over disease and sickness. Call on the name of Jesus to bring healing because it's about his authority, not us. It's about a gift that he gives through his Holy Spirit, not about who we are or what we've got. Be persistent. And lastly, give God the glory. Because it's his kingdom, it's his gift, it's his authority, his power and his healing. Nothing to do with us. And so here people comes the question, are you a bucket or are you a drain pipe? You see, a bucket is useful for taking hold of water. It can only contain a certain amount. 
If you leave it in the bucket, it will go stale and will go off. A drain pipe simply takes water from one place to another. Are you a bucket or are you a drain pipe? You see, I believe that we're called to be drain pipes of the Holy Spirit. A conduit that simply takes the Spirit from one place and passes it on and blesses someone or something else. We're called to be conduits of the Holy Spirit flowing through us so that God can be at work bringing about his kingly rule and reign. And so very simply, when it comes to healing and prayer for healing, I would say that we're called to be drain pipes. Now when I was at New Wine and a kids worker many, many, many years ago, there was an amazing kids evangelist called Captain Alan Price. I don't know if any of you have ever seen him or heard him preach. But he would have hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of kids in a tent, and he would teach them how to heal the sick. And he would say, we're called to be drain pipes, kids, so act like a drain pipe. And he would simply say, you place your hand on the person that you want to bless, and you reach out your other hand to heaven and pray that God would pour out his spirit through you in order to bring healing to the other person. It's no more complicated than that. This reminds us that it's not about me or my gift or what I'm doing or saying, but rather it's about the Holy Spirit that comes from God, his authority, his power, his healing, and it flows through me to the person that is sick and in need of God's restoration and healing. Brothers and sisters, we are called to be drain pipes of the Holy Spirit, to bring healing in our world as and when we meet it. We heard that reading about the anointing with oil uh, from James. And just a few things I just wanted to say here. Oil simply symbolises consecration. That means being set apart for something. Or set apart for God. We saw that when the kings were anointed in the Old Testament and indeed, latterly, when our King Charles was coronated, he was anointed with oil. It's symbolic in saying this person is being set apart for God and for God's work. And in uh, anointing with oil, we're saying we want this person to be set apart for God's healing, God's restoration. Anointing with oil is a physical act expressing a spiritual truth. We belong to God and have committed ourselves wholly into his care. Prayer expresses this point with words, but anointing with oil expresses that with an action. There's nothing magical about this. It's symbolic and representative. And oil is often used throughout the Bible as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And so by anointing someone with oil, we're praying that God's Spirit, Holy Spirit, would come and bring his healing, his restoration to that person. And so we anoint them with oil both a physical prayer and a said prayer. So when it comes to healing, let's keep it simple. Let's pray in faith. You might want to put it this way. We do the possible, God does the impossible. We do the simple, God does the difficult. And the simple is to pray in faith to be a conduit, a drain pipe for the Holy Spirit. And when we do that simple act of obedience in faith, 
We're trusting God for the difficult bit, to bring his healing to that person. Now, there ought to be a, a word of caution at the end of this sermon. We, ne- we recognise, we know that God doesn't always heal when we pray. I, I told the story of my best friend's dad, who then consequently went on to die. And I knew, know that there were many people praying for him. I don't know why. I don't understand. But what I do know is that God heals and that God calls you and I to be obedient in praying for healing for people who are sick and that we have to trust God will do his part. Our part is simply to pray in faith that God will bring healing and we leave the rest to God. Sometimes it leaves us frustrated and with questions, maybe even doubts, things that we can't make sense of or answer. And I say, I'm with you. I get it. I don't have the answer either. However, however, that does not deter us from seeking to pray in faith and pray obediently for God's kingdom to come and for healing and restoration to take place here and now. So, brothers and sisters, that's what we're going to do right now. There's going to be three of us along the front here with a little pot of oil. And my invitation to you is simply, if you are in need of God's healing this morning, for whatever reason, then come forward. It's an act of faith on your part to come forward to ask for healing. It's an act of faith that as we pray, that God would bring his healing. Now, I'm not going to ask anyone to be saying what it is that you're coming forward for healing for. There are three of us down the front here, and we're simply going to say, be healed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Nothing more complicated than that. We do the simple, God does the difficult. We act in obedience, and we trust that our Heavenly Father will do what is right. So, Pauline and Ruth, if you'd like to come down the front. And maybe we'll just have some quiet for a moment or two and an opportunity for you to... to listen for what God might be saying. You might want to bring to mind something that is on your heart that you would like God to heal you from. Just when you're ready, if you're feeling God prompting or you've got something that you want healing for, just come down the front and one of us will very simply pray and anoint you with oil.